When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. No Bradley Sound today. Ole offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, only because of when we're recording this edition of Talk of Champions. Early this Thursday morning, with me is Colin Brister, and coming up on the Modern Woman phone line is former Ole Miss offensive lineman, Emmanuel McCray. And E-Man is the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Cahoma Community College. So E-Man's doing big things, and he's coming up in just a little bit. But first, Colin. Hey, man, what's up? Not much, not much, man. Just, uh... I think I think this is uh, it, it's crazy how fast the summer goes if you're a teacher because like I looked up and you know it's July and I swear to God like five minutes ago it was June first. Oh yeah, my wife's dealing with that right now. <laughs> She's thinking ahead to um, when she has to start doing her room stuff, whether or not she should do her training, whatever training they have to do now yeah. or after school next year in May. I told her to go ahead and wait till May because I'm a procrastinator. She's like, hey, I want to get it over with now. Okay, then fine. Because I feel like right. teachers don't get that much time anymore. I swear it was it was June first a month ago, and you were I was getting the brackets for uh, the NCAA baseball tournament, and now all of a sudden somebody decided it was July. I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, and, and what's funny is like, it, and this is so off topic, but it's not even hot, so it doesn't feel like summer. It's nice for me because I don't have a lot going on, so I promised myself I would take a step back in July because if you can't do it right now in our business, in our job, if you can't take a step back right now, you're not going to take a step back all year and you're going to burn the hell out like I did this year. Really bad. Burned out (laughs) hard. But you were just a month ago picking out a bracket for college baseball. I think you're one of the few people I know that printed out a bracket and filled it out if you did that. Now a national champion has been crowned and... Mississippi State has won a national championship. And how does that play into the entire conversation, in your opinion, in regards to Mike Bianco and how Ole Miss's season ended and the LSU search went? Um, so, you know, it's 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 complicated for me because, it, and maybe you'll disagree with me, but I feel like there's a ceiling for being pissed off. And and I feel like that ceiling was pretty pretty well reached Um by Ole Miss fans, the the second Ole Miss lost game three the way they did in Arizona. So yeah, like Ole Miss fans are extremely mad at you know how that thing played out and everything like that. But it just kind of feels like at this point, you know, I mean, they're they're mad and, and I understand the the frustration and whatnot. Don't get me wrong, but like at some point, there's only so much so mad you can get. Um, so does that change things for next year? Well, I, I, I guess we'll talk about that, but. I understand the frustration from Ole Miss fans for sure. When you look across the state, they're able to win a national championship and you can't get to the college world series on a repeat, uh, on a consistent basis. Um, but as far as Mike, like, you know, I mean, he's still the baseball coach at Ole Miss and just got extended after losing a super regional. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure, you know, that, that, that the amount of frustration that Ole Miss fans have has amounted to a whole lot recently. Same. It's not the same as it was in football. It felt like football, it took apathy setting in and maybe Keith Carter feeling that apathy and understanding what the season took. Because look, football is different because football makes the money, but Mm -hmm. unique to Ole Miss, unlike many other programs, and Mississippi State 
is obviously one of the programs. They put a lot, invest a lot in baseball. And arguably baseball, like at Ole Miss, is number two. So if you're Ole Miss and you have made it a point that baseball is the number two sport at your school of the big three, and it certainly feels that way as far as support, then how it impacts season ticket sales and how fans show up and all of that, I think is the only way this will really play any type of a role. But if you want to think about it this way, this is the worst possible outcome for him because if there were people that were still kind of sympathetic towards his plight here, now the in-state rival winning a national championship and him having been, what, 3-16 and 16 in his last 19 against them, it's just another black mark for a lot of people and maybe sways a little bit more. Because I don't care what any Ole Miss fan says out there, that they don't care that Mississippi State to them is little brother. They do care. They care. You care just as much as Mississippi State cares about you. Well, maybe not that much because Tanner Allen comes out with a quote, I think it was last night, and says, I'm happy for the state of Mississippi. Well, everyone except the people in Oxford. Like, come on, man. You just won a national championship. Why are y'all even thinking about Ole Miss? It's a national championship. But point being, for Mike Bianco, it's the worst possible outcome. And it would help if he would actually come out and talk to people, and he's still not talking. Now, I don't know if that has to do with him holding baseball camps and enjoying himself on a slip and slide at Swayze Field. I don't, I don't know. I put in a request, and I'm not the only one, early, early, early last week, as early as once the release went out, I think Sunday night of Father's Day, to talk to Mike. And then radio silence. Didn't hear a thing. So I don't know. I think it's the worst possible outcome for him. So I, I'm with you, um, I think. But he, here's where I get a little weird with Keith. So after the 2019 season, uh, they lose the Super Regional in Fayetteville, and Keith doesn't extend him and says the expectations are Omaha. You know, agree or disagree, that's fine. Um, then this year happens, and you extend him. So like, what, what's the precedent here? Um, that, that, that's what's, you know, not concerning. That's not the right word, but that's what gets me is like, all right, one, one time he does this thing and you don't extend him. And then one time he does the exact same thing and you do extend him. So like me just looking at it from 10,000 feet, I, I just, I wonder like, what, what are we doing if he loses another super regional because you've extended him once and you've not extended him another time. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's, I think there's, there's a mandate of, Hey, you need to get to the college world series. Unless, you know, you have this year happen where your ACE tears his UCL, your best hitter tears his ACL and you have a lot of crap luck. Then, you know, we can understand, but outside of that, if you've got your full roster intact, uh, you, you, you need to be playing in the final eight. It's kind of like I told you, I, I, I felt like this last night, every time he doesn't make the college world series, it feels like he's paying the minimum bill on the credit card. <laughs> and like, eventually the credit card has to get paid off. And he keeps paying the minimum bill. And if you ever, for some reason, don't pay the minimum bill, then then you're getting axed. Like it, that that's what it feels like to me at this point. Well, the problem is his rival. They've been to the College World Series the last three postseasons, yeah. and he's been to one in his entire career. And that's what. And that's tough. And there's only very few baseball programs in college baseball that truly put a lot into college baseball that really care. For a lot of the country right now, it's not registering all that much. It's just not. And I'm not trying to diminish the accomplishment. It's a national championship. That's awesome. And I know a lot of my friends out there, Brian Haydad being one of them, are celebrating today. And that is awesome. That is a great thing. But college baseball just is not celebrated like it is in this state, in Arkansas, in Texas, LSU for sure. So there's a select few of college baseball programs, and it feels like only one right now of those hardcore dedicated programs that's not breaking through consistently enough for the resources you're putting into it. So you have to decide for yourself as a program, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to take a step back and just accept that every year we're good, we're competitive, we're regular season power, and keep taking our chances just hoping that eventually the numbers will start to even out at this point, the numbers are so slanted one side that it's hard to picture it ever evening out in any kind of way, yeah. any kind of reasonable way. Do you wait and do that, or do you pour more into it? It's kind of shit or get off the pot at this point. So 
and, and here's where I think I struggle a little bit is everyone talks about the super regional record and I get it, but it, and I, I want to focus on the, the last two super regionals, 2019 Arkansas and 2021 Arizona. Then what could Mike Bianco have done differently in those super regionals to win it? Well, that's the thing. I, like, I talked about this on Tuesday. It's a really good point, but I talked about this on Tuesday. If you look at the 2021 season in a vacuum, it was objectively a successful season, period, in a discussion. And Mike Bianco did by far one of his very best coaching jobs, considering Uh everything they dealt with. Keith Carter saw that too, not only by his public statements, but his private statements as well. The problem is that you can no longer view Mike Bianco's tenure as Ole Miss head coach in a vacuum. In 2020, Uh that's going to be the greatest what-if season of all time. Judging those two seasons in a vacuum, of course, Mike Bianco was dealt a crab hand. But we can't view it that way anymore. If you give him the benefit of the doubt for those two seasons, well, now you can point to Tennessee Tech. But at some point, the numbers are what they are. And you can't talk to a fan in that way. All they care about is, did you get there or not? Now we believe the expectation is getting to Omaha every single year, and we continue to fall short. What do you expect them to think? What do you expect them to feel like? And now Mississippi State, the in-state rival, has won a national championship, and Ole Miss considered itself equal, if not better, than Mississippi State as a college baseball program, and you can't make that case anymore. Not right no, now. I don't think you've been able to make that case for a few years now. Oh, I agree with um, you, but now it's just anyone that tried, you have no argument to make. It's so complicated, right? Because when, when you look at this job on the surface and you say, all right, um, Ole Miss is probably, if we're being realistic, a top 12 to 13 job. And the guy that's leading the program consistently finishes in the top 12 to 13, or at least he that's has right. the last two years. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like what bothers, here's what bothers me about Mike is, is not necessarily this year, but 2019. Uh, we're talking about a team that was a 12 seed that really they had no business being a 12 seed. That team should have been a national seed. And we talk about, you know, they go to Arkansas and they lose to a better Arkansas team. Sure enough. But the way it's set up now, man, if you win two more games and go 18 and 12 in the regular season instead of 16 and 14, you're going to Texas Tech or whoever's the seventh seed that year. Um, I think it was actually Mississippi State instead of having to go to Fayetteville. Um, you know, it it's there's so much that plays into the postseason that gets taken care of in the regular season. I mean, frankly, you look back at 2021, what if you win the game at A&M? Are you the 11 seed now and not having to go to Arizona? Um, But you you know, and, and so it's, I don't, I'm not exactly sure who you would have wound up going to. Oh, you would have wound up hosting. That's the thing. If you win one more game, you would have hosted Dallas Baptist in the super regional or whatever. That's right. And that's the thing. That's what I keep coming back to. Um, you make the point, and it's a good one, what could Mike Bianco have done, right? That's fine and dandy, but I can point to specific games, like yeah. the Josh Mallett's decision against Mississippi State, that cost them that in a college baseball season, which is a season of small samples, those yeah. are amplified even more. And Ole Miss, shouldn't it be a program that is hosting Supers? If it considers itself among the very best programs in college baseball, which if you look at the resources poured into it and the support of it, it considers itself one of the very best college baseball programs in the country. If that's the case, then shouldn't the expectation at least be hosting supers? Yeah. Let alone hosting that's, regionals. That's, and when's the last time almost hosted a super? 2009. And, and this is, people do the road regional and Mike's never won a road regional and that type of thing. Mike Bianco has gone to one road regional in the last seven years. Like, I don't really consider that a storyline anymore because Ole Miss doesn't go on the road for regionals anymore. They're going to host probably next year. Yeah. Um, you know, so the the knock for me is why are we not playing home super regionals anymore? Now, in complete fairness, they've only been a national seed twice, 2005, 2018. They got lucky in 06. They got lucky in 09, and they didn't take advantage of it. And, and I talked about this with a friend yesterday, Ben. Let's just, I don't know, pretend that Stephen Head hits a home run in 2005 and Ole Miss, let's say they don't win the national title. Are we having that much of a different discussion today? Like if that's the only thing that's changed, I think this is just, I think it's gotten stale and that 
even some success are in the early 2000s probably doesn't change the conversation we're having today because the last, what, 11 to 12 years have, have just not been as good as you needed them to be. I don't think what I guess I'm saying is there was going to be even much capital that he could have built in the early 2000s that would have mattered today. We'll get right back to Colin Brister in this edition of Talk of Champions with Emmanuel McCray, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Cahoma Community College. Coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line, I have to tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless, even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue, just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. No, I agree with that. I think every single coach, it doesn't matter who you are, unless it's Coach K at Duke, Nick Saban at Alabama. Every coach has a shelf life. It's not comparable in any way because Matt Luke never even came close no. to having any kind of success like Mike Bianco. Mike Bianco's success, he's the all-time winningest yeah. coach in Ole Miss baseball history. So the idea that you can compare him to Matt Luke in any way is absurd. I'm just simply talking about the apathy that has set in here. Everything that has happened since they were eliminated is the worst-case scenario for that yeah. specific reason Apathy's different. And one thing we learned in the COVID-19 pandemic is a lot of people, when we lost all sports for a long time, a lot of people realized, I don't have to have this in my life. I don't have to go to these games to enjoy them and be a good fan. I don't have to pour my hard-earned money into these things. And I think Ole Miss baseball is more of a social event than it is an actual commitment to winning championships. And that's a whole different conversation. But still... It has more support than basketball, more of a base of support. And apathy starts to set in. Well, we saw what happened when apathy set in for Keith Carter with Matt Luke. Because uh -huh. if Matt Luke had been retained, and I was told by Keith Carter before Mississippi State happened, the Egg Bowl happened, that disastrous game. If he got the AD job, he was going to keep Matt Luke. And then sure enough, State happens, and he's fired. State has won a national championship in baseball. This is the worst possible outcome for Mike Bianco because now if the mandate was Omaha, well, now it's obviously Omaha. You have to get there. You just have to get there. In 2019, he very well could have been within his right to fire Mike Bianco. The problem was is he was acting on an interim basis. And even though everyone said to him that was in a leadership position, Keith, you can act and serve in a full-time capacity, even though you're the interim. He couldn't. He couldn't make those decisions. He couldn't do that. So I've been hard on Keith in that respect for saying that half measures don't work. But the problem with that is he could really only act on half measures. So now we can look at that in a different way. We can look through a different lens that Keith wanted to sure. fire Mike that year. He wanted to fire him. And had he been the full-time AD at that time, when it went down, he'd have fired him. I'll say you're right, but my question then becomes, didn't Keith Carter, as the full-time AD, just extend him for losing a Super Regional? But he viewed it in a vacuum. But he didn't in 19, and I'm with you, but like, how do we know for sure going forward which light he's going to view Mike Bianco in, is, is my only question. Well, I think that's just kind of been made now. So 2020, 2021, those are two completely unique seasons to any other seasons. No, nothing was normal about 2020. Nothing was really normal about 2021 for Ole Miss. For everybody else, okay. sure. For 2021 Ole Miss, no, it wasn't. But now the expectation being what it is next year that it's just right back to where things were before the pandemic hit. Well, if that's the case, we know what Keith Carter felt back then. And because he was the interim, he couldn't make his move. I think Mike Bianco 
is a tremendous head coach that has accomplished all kinds of things at Ole Miss, built Ole Miss back. I mean, before my Bianco, Ole Miss baseball, I think they'd been in the postseason twice in 22 years. And what followed was nine of the program's 10 40-win seasons, and Mike is the all-time winningest coach. He's hosted 10 of the 18 NCAA regionals in which they've appeared and three of the seven Supers. They've won the SEC West four times. They broke through to Omaha in 2014, the first time since the 70s. These are all things that have happened. He took Ole Miss to another level when he replaced Pat Harrison. All those things were still true in 2019. All those same numbers were true. The thing with the LSU interview, and, and you may disagree with me here, I'm not sure how much that hurt Ole Miss baseball, I'm really sure how much that hurt Mike, Mike Bianco, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think the program is going to be hurt in terms of recruiting and getting players because he went and interviewed with LSU. But you want to talk about his job security and his future at Ole Miss? I think that hurts him an absolute ton when, you know, what happens if you lose four series in a row next year and people start remembering that that you went to Birmingham and interviewed with LSU? So, you know. I, I'm not sure how much I think that hurts Ole Miss baseball and recruiting and all of that stuff, but I, I, I'm pretty confident in what that does for his image and how people kind of feel about him. That's the thing. It was just so quiet from sure. him. He wasn't saying anything. And that's fine. If your approach is I don't respond to media reports and this, that, and the other, fine. I blame us, me and the rest of my media counterparts here at Ole Miss, for after that loss to Arizona not asking about the LSU oh. job. You're not going to get anything, but you still have to ask the question. It's not the appropriate moment. It's not. You're fresh off the raw emotion of losing another game three in a super, but he had to be asked the question. He would have been pissed off. He'd have given absolutely no answer, but he hasn't spoken to it at all other than an official released statement. Mississippi State has as many national championships as he has college World Series appearances. And and that's problematic. I you know look, I <laughs> say the look. least, man. And like I yeah. said, every coach, save for a precious few, has a shelf life at one particular place. No matter the level of sport, it's college baseball that is somewhat unique in that coaches at the handful of schools, and we've talked about this, where the sport really matters. Like at Ole Miss, they have their program. They get their job and they hang around for a long time. And in a profession where hitting double digit years is an eternity, college baseball stands out for how often it happens. Oh. And there's some coach poaching, but not a lot. And one of the sport's many gentlemen's agreements includes recruiting when a kid commits. It's breaking the code, the unwritten rules, if all the other schools don't back off. Bianco making the move from Ole Miss, where he was an institution as a head coach, to LSU would have been quite noteworthy. Yeah. If for no other reason than it's rarity. So let's not speak to this as if this is normal. That entire discussion, that entire flirtation, whatever you want to call it, with LSU is not, was not normal. It doesn't happen in this sport. Yeah, man, it's, it's so complicated because I completely get everyone that, that wants to run Mike off. I find myself in the camp of, of maybe wanting him to stay the head coach at Ole Miss, but like I also understand every single human being that is like, I am ready to move on, um, if that makes sense. I don't know if you have to be completely on one side or the other. I think I kind of find myself in the middle. Um, but, you know, it's – I don't know, man. It's it's so hard for me to look at this program and say, all right, well, it's an absolute failure. It's time to move on. But on the other hand, it's, it's like, all right, well, if Mississippi State can do this, why can't Ole Miss – I think, uh, look, obviously, Chris Lamonis is probably one of, if not the best in co coaching college baseball, and he's able to get the absolute but most But think about when he got that job. Sure. He was, what, candidate five or six? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Now, in saying that, I, I thought that was a little ridiculous because I've always thought Lamonis was one of the better coaches in college baseball with what he was able to do at Indiana and the type of recruiting he was able to do at Louisville. Right, but State's um, the one that took the sure. chance to go and get that guy who has now grown into a national championship winning coach. And that's what Ole Miss fans are going to point to. I don't have a position one way or the other. The only position I'm holding on this is that the entire week-long flirtation with LSU was an awful, awful look. That's the only thing I think about it. What if he makes the College World Series next year and goes one and two and yeah. gets put out on Wednesday? Same um, thing. I, it's I going to be the same position. They, they wouldn't fire him for that. No, obviously. but the, there's no change in the feelings towards him by the particular sides. Everybody's dug in at this point. As someone that was an ardent AK supporter, does this kind of start to feel like that? Like there's these – Yes. Like AK starts – because what here's what AK always did. He always gave both sides the argument. 
Like it was never and until his last year, it was never 11 and 19 bad. Um, it was always 18 and 12 or whatever, 19, 11, 20 and 10 most of the times, but not good enough to make the NCAA tournament. So he fed both sides exactly everything what they, wanted. they wanted. Right. And and it's starting to get to that point with Mike, right? Like yes. he consistently loses in the postseason after having a regular, really good regular season. Um, so you give the side that says, man, look, if you keep getting there and knocking on the door, you'll get there, their, their ammo. And you keep giving the side that says he can't get it there. Um, and that's why you pay Keith Carter a lot of money to make these decisions. Uh, because you talk about apathy and, and, and I'm with you in a sense, but Ben, it, when we roll around and it's Texas A&M on May the 13th next year on a Saturday afternoon, you and I know there's going to be 11,000 people in those stands. And apathy looks like empty seats in football. What, yeah. what does it look like in baseball? That's the question. Day? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question because I agree with you. And that goes back to the point I'm making about Ole Miss baseball being more of a social event than anything else. So how do you gauge apathy? I don't know. Because you can't. And this is not to knock message boards. I have a website, the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, on Philly of 247 Sports, that has a message board and relies on a message board, but you can't go by – just message board and social media sentiment because it's not a good barometer. So how do you gauge it? I have no idea how you gauge it. No idea. Because you and I know that they're probably going to host another regional next year. I probably think they're a 14 to 16 seed instead of a 12, but I think they're probably going to host and there's going to be 13 or 12,000 people there. Yeah. And they're probably going to win it because they win most of their home regions. That's the one thing that's kind of been put to bed is they, they won 70% of their home regionals. Let's let's stop acting like they lose every home regional. But they'll probably win a regional in front of 12,000 people. And yeah, let's stop pretending see. like this isn't a, a successful program. That's not what's, sure. at, that's not what's sure. at stake here. That's not what's they, an argument. They, they win home regionals at 70% of the time. You know, it's pretty good. It's the super regionals that, that are the issue. Um, but, like, I don't know how I'm going to gauge apathy when there's 11,500 people in there on a Sunday night when they play Baylor to win the regional. Um, and, and I'm not saying there's that apathy hasn't set in, but I'm just saying that I know what apathy looks like in football. In right. 2019, I saw the empty stadium. I'm not going to see that in Ole Miss baseball. Yeah, how do you gauge it? But there's no realistic way to measure the general sentiment of Ole Miss fans. But it's undoubtedly true that the drum beats, let's call them the drum beats of discontent, are steady. Yeah. They're the soundtrack of a regular season power far more often than not ending up in the same place, the exact same place, each June. The director's the same, only with a new cast of characters. Yeah. And there's a chance it almost takes a step back if it fires Mike Bianco. That the remarkable steadiness of the last two-plus decades gives way to higher peaks and deeper valleys. But I think it's a chance a lot of people... We're willing to take and are more willing to take now that Mississippi State has won a national championship. It yeah, just I can't blame them. It just feels like Mike Bianco needs to talk more than anything. Yeah, right that would now. help. That would help. Just talk. And someone's gonna have to ask him. God bless him. Um I'll do it. If 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 Mississippi State can win a national title and get to the College World Series as often as they do, what's holding this program back? Will you tell me? You know the ins and outs of college baseball better than I do. The intricacies um, of it, the numbers of it, the scholarship limitations. Well, if State can do it, why can't Ole Miss? So, so I do want to be clear. I don't because anytime this this makes me so mad. Anytime you mention scholarship money, people think, "Oh, well, he's just defending Mike. He's a Mike lover. He don't want Mike going anywhere." No, it's not the case. State does because go listen to some podcasts I did after Mississippi State and A and M. No, there's no love loss for Mike at times with me. Um, Mississippi State has more scholarship money. They just do. They they're able to provide some in-state stuff to Alabama and Tennessee kids. Now, when I like, please listen to this part. That is not the reason they've been to the College World Series three times uh, more than Ole Miss has in Mike Bianco's tenure the past three years. Like, no, the the reason Ole Miss is getting held back is because of Ole Miss. Um, but you know, they do have more scholarship money. Let's just keep it real on that front. But. That, at the end of the day, is not why they're the more successful program. They're the more successful program because Chris Lamonis is the best coach in college baseball, or one of at least. I would probably go with the best after last night. Um, and, and frankly, and this is where I blame Mike a lot, they do a better job recruiting in-state kids. Ben, there is a kid that pits big innings for the Mississippi State bullpen that is from Oxford, Mississippi. He grew up in Yeah, Oxford, but I don't blame Mike for that because, man, listen, 
I he get wanted to kids. walk on. Okay. I think. Well, if that's the case, then that's a whole different discussion. But if the kid just wanted to go experience another school somewhere else and not go to college in his hometown, I get that too. Because if New Albany had a university, sure, New Albany sure, U, sure. I would not go to New Albany U. Sure. But, it, you know, and I, I guess I saw somewhere where I thought he, he wanted to walk on at Ole Miss and Ole Miss didn't have a spot. Maybe I'm incorrect in that. But in, in saying that, you know, it's just that it seems like Mississippi State does, regardless of Stanette's wanting to walk on or whatever. It just seems like they do a better job of finding in-state talent. And at the end of the day, programs like Ole Miss that have to kind of operate close to that 11.7 number, your ability to do well in-state is what can put you over the top. And I, and that's one of the criticisms I actually have of Mike um, that's, you know, recruiting and not, you know, just not getting it done in the Super Regionals is that he doesn't recruit well enough in state for me he doesn't it seems like a lot of times he goes and gets the guy in florida that's that's there's a comparable player in mississippi and you have to spend more money on the guy in florida just because of -of out-of-state tuition and that type of thing okay i don't think we've really touched on anything that hasn't been touched on before i don't know if we got anywhere sure that we otherwise would have gotten before but that's where everything is it's still the same as it ever was so yeah it feels like the exact same damn conversation every single year yeah it it does and that's you know, when, when all this was happening with LSU, it was people asked me, they was like, what do you want to happen? It's like, I don't know what's best for Ole Miss baseball. Me either. But I do know I am tired of having the conversation of Mike Bianco after a loss in April, right. every freaking April. I, so, like, I'm not saying that him moving on is what's best for Ole Miss baseball, but it might be best for what's for my sanity. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufe Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. We got to get to Emmanuel McCray. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister on Twitter. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. But if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and the fleet of 247 Sports. Bradley Sal will be back next week. Might have Colin back, too. I don't know. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. This is the time of the year where I take a step back and take a breath. So I'm just coming up with stuff on a day-to-day basis. Waking up going, okay, what am I going to do today? So thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Absolutely, my man. Going out to Emmanuel McCray, former Ole Miss offensive lineman on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. 
an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Emmanuel McCray, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Cahoma Community College. E-Man, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? How you doing, man? Appreciate I'm, you having me on. I'm good. I'm glad you came on, man. I appreciate it. I've been wanting to catch up with you for a while. It looks like you're killing it, man. Tell the people what you're doing. Oh, uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Uh, really, man, I just been blessed, man, grinding through the you know JUCO ranks, man, and moving myself up, and you know, uh, really just having trying to have an impact on these kids' life while you know uh, enjoying what I'm doing. You know, what I mean, so uh, I've been pretty excited. You know, we're doing something pretty good over here in Oklahoma. You know, what I mean, I just got uh, promoted to the offense coordinator here, man, and. Uh, really excited to you know put my stamp on a on a program. Okay, so what is the offensive philosophy for the offensive coordinator, Emmanuel McCoy? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna give out too many secrets because uh, you know uh, that's that, you know part of the nature of the business. But at the same time, I'm gonna do a lot of stuff that you know, especially Ole Miss fans are familiar with. You know, we're gonna be up 11 and uh, 12 personnel, also some 10 stuff, and uh, you know, up tempo, our energy team. You know, man, we're gonna definitely put some points up. Um, you know, I'm an offensive line coach. You know, we're going to keep it true. You got to you know, win games. You got to run the ball, man. So, you know, we're going to continue to do that. You know, that's been part of my success here. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> that's going to be expected. But also, I'm going um, to capitalize and, and, you know, highlight, you know, my great players. You know what I mean? We got a lot of talented kids, and I'd be um, not doing my job uh, if I wasn't getting the ball in their hands. So, um, it's gonna, we're going to spread the ball around. We're going to play with energy. We're going to play fast. Um and we're going to have fun, put some points up. Look, man, I covered you at Ole Miss. I've known you a long time. I always knew that if you got into coaching, you would just fit flawlessly into this business because it's your personality. It's what you've always kind of been. You're a coach for your offensive line group, man, and then you became a GA at Ole Miss. How have you grown, though, from when you first got into the business until now as far as all you've learned? What, what has kind of been the ebb and flow of your career in regards to being a coach and how you've grown? Right. Uh, I mean, I think I honestly started back as a player. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know if a lot of Ole Miss fans remember I dealt with injuries as well, you know, throughout my career. So, you know, I realized that, <clears throat> you know, eventually my body's going to give out, you know, and, and – Mentally, my my advantage on the getting on the was on, and then my physical part just later developed toward my last three years of my career. But you know, at first I really just had to get understand the game mentally, and I enjoyed that part of it. So that is how I even got the opportunity to be a GA at Ole Miss. Uh, you know, Coach Luke was my old line coach, and he saw you know uh, where my mind was when I was a player, and you know, <clears throat> like you said, thought I had the personality for it as well. Uh, just being a natural leader, you know, my senior year, team cap, stuff like that. So, um, those type of people make it coach, you know. Uh, I've always loved being around the game, you know, uh, camaraderie of the machine. And, so, you know, being on the old line, you're already working as a unit, as a group of people anyway. So, you know, transferring that mindset to every position, you know, especially on the offense side of the ball, because, you got 11 people on the field and they all got to do the right thing, you know, on that given play to be successful. You know what I mean? All 11, not just one guy. So, um, 
you know, getting that message across to you guys and man, me understanding that myself, you know, it made me a better coach as well. Um, learned a ton at Ole Miss uh, under a few trees. You know, I got to see both sides of it, you know, as a player working for these guys and then seeing who they were and how they were, you know, um, on the other side as a coach. You know what I mean? And uh, it was eye-opening, uh, learned a ton. Um, it's a grind. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing I learned about it. You know, you're going to grind regardless if you're a player or coach if you want to be in this game. And uh, But the grind always pays off. You know what I mean? You got to treat people right, be good to people. Um, build those relationships is the most fun part for me, you know, as a coach, honestly, um, because you just meet a lot of walks of life, a lot of kids and a lot of different situations. And um, <clears throat> a lot of those guys may or may not have those type of mentors. They not necessarily have to be father figures or anything like that, but mentors in general, because that's what helped me get through this whole process as well. You know, I had a lot of people who um, lend advice from players, previous players, former players, and current teammates. Also just, you know, people and men in the community um, that help guide us, man. So uh, that's also part of the reason why I do it and I enjoy what I'm doing, man. Um, <clears throat> but if you ask me what's the biggest thing I've learned, you know, throughout this whole thing, man, is like I say, is uh, treat people good, you know, grind through the process and, and have faith, have faith in everything you do. Well, you brought it up. How are the knees holding up, man? You feeling okay? <laughs> Man, that's good, man. I still have my days. I can tell you when it's going to storm in two days prior. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But they're doing good, man. You know, I, uh, I mean, overall, just been taking care of my health, you know, uh, getting my weight down. It's fluctuated. When I got down, when I got a plan, I got down about 270, man, 265, just running. That, that's when they felt the best. But, um, you know, over time, <laughs> I've gotten some of that back, but not too bad. I'm maintaining. I'm strength conditioning coach here, so I'm in the way I'm still really consistent and, you know, um, I've learned enough to learn how to take care of my body throughout the process, you know. So I'm blessed not have to have any surgeries, and, you know, I'm still able to walk, so I can't complain. Well, one of the things I've talked about before, that 2012 season was so special because y'all did have a lot of talent, but y'all were so thin in the first year of Hugh Freeze. And one of the things yeah. that gets overlooked sometimes, yeah, Bo Wallace was one of the most important signees in school history, but that offensive line, y'all had the same starting five for every single game, and that just never happens. And that included yeah. your left tackle. That group, that special group, when you go back and look at it, the accomplishment of being able to do that and then winning and going to the Compass Bowl and really setting Ole Miss off on a path that led to ultimately the Sugar Bowl in 2016. What was it about that specific offensive line group and what y'all were able to accomplish considering if one of you went down, there wasn't necessarily an <laughs> obvious guy to replace you? Uh, yeah, that was, man, that's a nostalgic question right there, Dan. For real, man. Uh, I appreciate you bringing back those memories. Uh, <clears throat> um, you're right, though. Uh, we... We had those five guys. We had about, you know, we had the depth, obviously, as far as numbers, but as far as, you know, experienced guys, honestly, uh, the difference there uh, was that this group of guys had been together for a while. You know, we, it was a group of mostly uh, seniors uh, and one or two juniors scattered in there. And, you know, we had Aaron Morris and Justin Bell. Those guys were young, but able to come in and give us, you know, some consistency and reps. But, uh, <laughs> uh we just we were, we were bonded, you know. We had some time invested. We had seen the bad. The, really, the truth was is that, pre, you know, before Freeze got there, you know, we had some tough years. You know, as a freshman, you know, we were coming off the second Cotton Bowl. And, you know, that's, that was my redshirt freshman year, uh, but we were coming off the second Cotton Bowl win. But, um, you know, after that, you know, we you know we had two tough years there, and you know, we were hungry for success. We we're in the SEC and. You know, we were supposed to be a prominent team, had been a prominent team when we were recruited there. So we wanted to see the return, you know, of all his glorious days, you know. So, you know, definitely, you know, some credit to that, you know, and that's just beyond what the offensive line, that senior group, though, that that junior and senior group of those last two years and the two the team that Coach Freeze inherited, we all had that mindset in general. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't seen the bad, you know, some of those guys have come into the bad situation. You know, so they hadn't felt the good, but they felt the hunger, that desire. You know, we had the talent, you know, and what Coach Freeze brought was good energy. He gave us something to follow, you know what I mean, and something to fight for. Um, and, I, and, and I've taken that, you know, into consideration as a coach myself. You know, just getting a team to buy in and be behind you is so important. You know what I mean? So, um, 
that was the biggest change for us, man. And, and that group, like I said, we were all all still close to this day. Um, and like I said, we just wanted something more. You know what I mean? They made it simple on us, man. You know, the tempo helps a, a ton for our offensive linemen. You know, when the D-line is tired and gassed and, you know, technique kind of goes out the window at some point, you know, when fatigue, fatigue starts to take over. You know, it takes over your physical and your mental. So you just get your body in shape for that. You know what I mean? That's an advantage in itself. You know what I mean? So, um that's really what it was, but man, that I appreciate that that question, man, because I, you know, obviously we probably don't get the credit we deserve, you know, when you know, one, you know, it's been a, some talented offensive linemen come from Ole Miss, you know, with the names, and you know, you talk about that line, but none of these guys are playing in the league right now, but you know, we, you know, had that opportunity to, you know, really make a statement, you know, uh, change the trajectory of Ole Miss, you know, once again, you know, and. uh and that was a blessing. That was something definitely special to be a part of those last two years where, you know, we just turned around, you know, turned everything around. And, um, you know, I, I definitely, definitely one of my most fondest memories of, you know, my whole, you know, playing career. Definitely. Well, like I said, everyone talks to, and understandably so, justifiably so, Bo Wallace and signing and how important he was. But that starting five <laughs> offensive line, I'll just never forget that covering that because, honest to God, you just do not see five same yeah. starters every single game throughout the entire year, a bowl win, all that. And for you in particular, I mean, you said it before, man, you were dealing with injuries. I felt like, God, just wrap E-Man up in bubble wrap, make sure he's okay. He's the left tackle because there was no left tackle on the roster if it wasn't you. There wasn't one. And when you think about that group, it goes beyond just the success on the field. If y'all had not been that consistent, if y'all had not been able to play every single game as a starting five, to put together the year that you, that you did, win seven games, there is no Laramie Tunsil. There is no Laquan Treadwell. There is no Robert Kimdichie. There is no big, huge class that you then bring in that leads to ultimately getting to the Sugar Bowl, being within a win, actually, of getting to the playoff, for Christ's sake. So that's why I want people to remember, it wasn't just Bo. When you think about that offense, that starting five out front, man, y'all had a lot to go through. And y'all were really instrumental in Ole Miss becoming what it was. Yeah, man. Shout out to those guys, man. Pierce Burton, Evan Swindle, Jared Duke, uh, Justin Bell, Aaron Morris. Um, you know, we had Big Hawk, AJ Hawkins with with us that first year. Um, yeah, you're right, man. Uh, like I said, all those guys I'm naming though, you know, Patrick Junin, you know, uh, God, these are Jared some names. Duke. You're taking me back yeah, now, man. man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, all those guys, we kind of had that same story, man. And, you know, yeah, I had my injuries. And, again, honestly, that, that was part of my motivation, you know. I knew I was good enough. I knew I knew the game. You know, I just had to overcome some things. And um, all those guys as well, man, you know, all have chips on our shoulders. I definitely appreciate you bringing that back up, man, because that, that, is, that is important. I don't want to – you say that, and then you say the class that we had that following year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I say, what it really put us on the spotlight, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, Y'all had extra I mean, pressure. It wasn't just that. winning games, man. Y'all had extra pressure. Y'all had to make sure that Robert showed up and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so – Man, Robert, freakishly talented at Laramie Tunstall. And I'm the star left tackle my senior year. <laughs> and, and I see him do his his kick set as a, a, a fall camp. And I'll never forget it. I tell the story all the time. Um, you know, Laramie's a little brother to me. You know, uh, I love that dude, man, sincerely. Um, but, yeah, he he's at fall camp. You know, I obviously know who he is, number one tackle and, you know, coming in. But I'm like – I'm thinking there's a buffer because I've been in the game so long. I've seen so many times the guys, you know, before me, John, Jerry, you know, Brad, all those guys, uh, Bobby, you know, what it looks like, you know, and man, he comes in and does this first day of practice in pass pro. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this kid's inside. I already knew the events. I was like, yep, I need to start looking at other positions because this dude can ball, you know, and it was, it was undeniable, you know, and now I was, you know, total respect to coach Luke and coach Freeze and everybody, how they handled the situation. Cause, you know, I know they felt indebted to me, you know, I started every game previously that year before you get what I'm saying. So, and they, they definitely respected that. Um, and the tweaking my knee, uh, sprained my MCL at practice that before that Texas game, um, we played, we went to Texas that year and won, um, so I was healthy enough to play. You know, I got cleared to play, but I wasn't feeling nearly 100%. But, you know, I was going to, you know, give him my shot too. So, but they gave Larry me the start. And, man, when I say he balled out, he balled out, you know. And over this time, you know, I had developed a relationship with Larry. You know, I kind of 
took him in because he was from, you know, uh, Florida. You know, I was a senior. I had an apartment. You know, my girlfriend at the time, you know, cooked all the time. So she'd invite him out a couple times and, you know, helped him with his homesickness more than anything. You know what I mean? But also, man, I just put him on game about stuff I had learned up until that point, you know, as a senior. And, you know, what I realized over time that made me a better football player. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that, that you know, helped them out. But like I said, that's why I do what I do as a coach, man. I, you know, giving that little advice, you know, because any you ask any guy that plays sports or anything, you you'll hear them all say, "Man, I wish I knew what I knew now when I knew back." Then. You know what I mean? And uh, that's all I was trying to do. You know? No, you were already coaching, him, man. You were already coaching. <laughs> you were already right, doing. Man, it. I was just trying to trying to come on game about everything because I could see the talent, man. And obviously, uh, I'm not the only person that sees it. You know, he's the highest paid tackle in the game right now, man. So, uh, big ups to my my little bro Larry, man. Going to jump right back to Emmanuel McCray, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach at Cahoma Community College in this edition of Talk of Champions. After I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Well, see, you started games at guard and tackle that year, but you make a really good point. Look, I am not in any way a talent evaluator, but I remember going out for that first practice and obviously being a former offensive lineman, a terrible one at that. I went and watched the <laughs> offensive line because I'd heard all about Laramie, you know, and I covered his recruitment, all this kind of stuff. And the first time you saw Laramie, and a lot of people say this, and it's really a, a bunch of bullshit, but this is true. When you watched Laramie that first day, you were like, oh, my God, he could probably go pro right now. He's still got to work on some stuff, you know, like he's got to get his body bigger and, you know, work on some little stuff. But like, as far as all the raw tools and stuff, he can go pro right now. He was born an NFL tackle. Like, it is insane. He, he was built out. in a factory. No doubt. Like, I, like the whole one and done, if it was for college football, <laughs> it been yeah. he could have been the first one and done kid ever. So, legit. Like you said, just developing a weight room. And, you know, it wasn't a question mark. But, you know, obviously you got to like the weight room. And he loved it. He's naturally strong. He's stronger than he looked, too. You know, like his lower body, people worry about, you know, his run blocking and stuff, man. That dude's a freak. Period. You're a Mississippi <laughs> guy. You're from Jackson. Athlete. You played at Forest Hill. You could have gone to Mississippi State. You could have gone to Southern Miss. Why'd you go to Ole Miss? Um, a number of reasons. Um, one, you know, um, they did a great job of recruiting me. Um because I'll be honest, like, transparently, you know, coming out of high school, coming from Jackson, a lot of schools weren't coming to Jackson to find football players. You know, I actually got seen just, you know, getting active in the camp scene before, you know, camps were even crazy like that. You know, I mean, obviously everybody had to, you know, their school camps, but, you know, there's so many different leagues now with 707 and, you know, different camps out there, which I love. You know what I mean? I do love that, you know, kids getting exposure, but I didn't have that knowledge, you know, but luckily – you know, before my senior season, I had that opportunity to get out and get active uh, in those camps. But um, it was it was the family environment at Ole Miss, you know, from the coaching staff to the community. Um, also, you know, uh, developed a great bond with the coaches that were on that staff. You know, credit to Houston Nutt, man. He was a great players coach. He was a great recruiter, you know what I mean, and a great football coach. You know, we, we had a ton of success on the uh, Houston Nutt as well and his staff. So, you know um, – Obviously, you know, Ole Miss has had their up and downs, you know, but nonetheless, we've been, you know, relevant 
prevalent, you know, consistently over the, you know, over a 20, 30 year span easily, you know what I mean? Just from, you know, guys that have played in the league and, you know, our history on the football field. Uh, but honestly, you know, I had made my decision that I wanted to play, you know, in Mississippi, you know, and I'm thinking back just that recruiting process. I knew I wanted to play in Mississippi. Everybody was kind of preaching, you know, play for your home state. You know, as a coach now, <laughs> I see all the recruiting ploys and tactics that I missed as a high school kid. But nonetheless, I don't re- regret anything, you know, about the process. And I, I I know I made the right decision going to Ole Miss, you know what I mean? And I loved every moment of it, you know. Uh, I think, you know, God God puts everybody where they need to be for every reason, you know. So I don't question everything. And, you know, uh, I don't want to start no rivalry stuff, you know, but I definitely was happy with my decision when, you know, we played Mississippi State. And, you know, uh, definitely we reunited that rivalry during that time too. You know, uh, when Dan Mullen got there, so um, you know it was it, it was all fun and games. I, I got love for you know Mississippi State fans and everything like that. But I'm definitely happy to be a Rebel uh, every day, every day of my life. Well, I bring it up because you're a Mississippi guy. You're still coaching in Mississippi. You're in the junior college ranks, and Mississippi has one of the very best junior college developmental systems. For you. Um, how important do you think it is that people realize, and I think it gets overlooked a lot as far as recruiting is concerned, that this state in particular turns out really good players, and I think it's undervalued. And, you know, it's not compared to Florida. It's not Texas. It doesn't have the same volume, but the quality of player that comes out of Mississippi, and you can speak to this because you're a Mississippi kid, the quality of player in Mississippi, you take the top 10 in Texas, you take the top 10 in Florida, the top 10 in Mississippi in a given year could easily be in the conversation with some of those states. Easily, Ben. Easily. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, and that's the respect to all of the junior colleges. You know, uh, we definitely have one of the most competitive leagues. Um, you know, consistently, whoever wins the Mississippi JUCO, they, they end up in the National JUCO game. You know what I mean? And, you know, the last 10 to 12 years, Mississippi JUCOs have won the majority of those. You know what I mean? So um, that says a lot, especially when, like I said, you got quantity over quality, you know, uh, Texas, Florida no doubt have, you know, bring out tremendous athletes, you know, and um, but we definitely can hold our own and proven to hold our own versus, you know, other, other junior colleges who either get, you know, from a bigger state or they can recruit from any state in the country, you know, and bring that that kid to their school, you know, like a Kansas or so. so and, you know, uh, we can compete and win in those games, you know, and we fight amongst, you know, we, we play amongst each other, you know, in our state and then can come out and still, you know, produce such great athletes. Uh, we we have that many athletes in this state where not only do we have, you know, 14 teams, but all competitive football, you know, and Mississippi kids are getting huge Division One, you know, uh, football opportunities, you know, and we understand as a coach how recruiting is, you're going to assign so many numbers, but junior college gives these opportunities, these kids opportunities to not only develop more, uh, but also get re-recruited, and, you know, and get seen again, you know, when, you know, time is better for, you know, some kids don't get offered just because uh, a position room may be full, you know what I mean? You might be a great talented kid, but I can't take you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have that that scholarship space. So, you know, this gives, you know, kids opportunity, you know, again, to get re-recruited. Um, and our, our lives will be on our league this year because we got some, we got some big time players. I don't know if it's COVID or the transfer portal, but, you know, it's going to be some talented guys in this league. You know, we have some t- really talented guys on our team, and we're expecting to make some noise this year as well. You know, uh, so um, I'm just excited for it. You know, I know, like I said, it's going to do great for these kids, but also great for all the coaches in this league as far as opportunities and growth. And also, now, Coach McCray, you have to deal with name, image, and likeness. So if you want to go to Kahoma and get paid, hey, look. Now y'all got to deal with that too. I don't know how you're going to do yeah. it, but man, that's going to be wild for you guys. It's going to be crazy. Uh, and I, I'm not necessarily on the fence. I see both sides of it, obviously, because I played, you know what I mean? Um, I just think it needs to be done in a way where, you know, the kids don't forget, you know, why they played football, you know, um, because, you know, I, I had my chance in the league and I was there long enough to see that and know that, you know, money changes people. And, and then you also, your motivations change you know, um, football-wise, you know. Uh, and, and I get that at the league because, you're, you know, your body is your vessel, your body is your meal ticket. You know, uh, in college, a lot of kids are still developing. In college, a lot of kids are still uh, growing up, 
You know what I mean? It's NFL players that aren't grown up yet. You know what I mean? So uh, handling money and all those situations are going to, you know, put them in situations where they're going to have to grow up faster. Um, I think it just needs to be done to where either the money comes either after or, you know, periodically while they're there and, you know, they get the majority of it after when they're gone because that would be a great situation for kids because another issue with college football is that a lot of athletes who are loved and, you know, adored when they play get forgotten about, you know, uh, when their playing days are over. And, you know, we could, I don't know the percentage of people that's actually using their degree, but if we, whether he got a degree or not, you know, his chances of using it or if you have to go, you know, do more school, you know, afterwards, you know, they might not be prepared for that. You know, and there's a lot of guys leaving leaving college football unprepared. And I, and that's not disrespect to anybody, you know, academic or, you know, uh, life and, you know, life resources, you know, departments. It's just that, you know, you need more than just some classes. Sometimes you actually, you you know, uh, need somebody to make contact with somebody else for you. You know what I mean? What I liked about Coach Freeze, you know, prior to his departure, he was working on something called the network where it was simply connecting alumni with student-athletes after graduation, you know. Um, and some people benefited from it. You know, we had connection with FedEx and, you know, uh, simple things like that. Becoming a driver for FedEx, you know, learning to trade, you know, so many things that, you know, I have a group of friends that we're trying to expand on, you know, and, and teach, you know, that you got to be more than an athlete because at the end of the day, they're going to, you know, any institution is going to use you use you up you know it's not a, in a bad way but your dad's a student athlete they want to see you play football um you know and you got to do your part as far as going to school and getting your degree but nothing will be given to you so you got to understand that you know uh, learning a trade isn't bad it's a lot of people that make that learn trades and having a degree doesn't guarantee you're going to have a job in that field of your degree you know what i mean and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people, you know, some people don't find that out until it's over with. You know what I mean? Until it is well after your career and you're sitting there kind of lost. You know what I mean? So, uh, like I said, I was blessed to find my, you know, my purpose and, you know, something I was passionate about, which was luckily something I've been doing my whole life. You know, I got other aspirations and stuff like that that I, you know, may dibble and dab to, you know, later in life. But right now, you know, I'm focused. You know, things seem to be working in the right direction. You know, and I just continue to, you know, ask for God's blessings and, you know, continue to have an impact on these kids and take it one day at a time. But dang, E-Man, they couldn't have done this when y'all were in school? Come on. Y'all had so I, many oh, marketable man. guys. Oh, what up? Man, man, look, hey, you can't tell me. Look, I, I, look, I, I was happy I got, like, the little check from the likeliness of the video game stuff and all that. So I definitely uh, love that about it. But heck, yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> yes, I definitely that they had something as a, uh, when I was there, you know, we got our cost of living, and even that's went up so much, you know. Uh, I think it was like 800 bucks when I was like a sophomore, when I moved off campus. 800 bucks a month. Come on. You know, and that's to pay rent and everything. Oh. You know, so we ended up rooming with four or five people. You know, and it changed. Like I said, by the time I had left, it was up to $1,200, you know, so it think, got better. Just think but of all no, the knee no. braces you could have sold, him, man. Come on. That's insane. I hope it doesn't change that, man. Like, I don't want kids over here autographing me. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be nuts. I don't know how you police it in any way, but it just feels like we're moving more and more towards college football effectively just being a farm system for the NFL, which I'm all for because I love uh, student-athletes getting theirs and all that kind of stuff. But if anybody thinks that they're going to be able to police this, this is just – it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Oh, no. It really just gave – it really just gave the allowance for, you know – I'm not going to talk about it too much. You know, all the <laughs> underhanded stuff that happens in college football, you know, that occasionally gets exposed. I mean, just gave it an excuse for it. I probably shouldn't say it long, but, you know, I don't, that right there is going to definitely change the game. It, in whatever way, I don't know. Like I said, I'm definitely with college athletes getting what's theirs too, you know, a, a thousand percent for that. But I hope it's done in taste, yeah. you know, or, or it's going to it's gonna get, like you said, it's going to be a farm for the NFL. Which I never looked at it that way, but that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, a lot of it's brands. Gonna the, it's going to change the game for college coaches, you know, and how they're approaching, you know. You know, it's already crazy with kids, you know, committing, decommitting, you know, nothing. You might need to change the term commitment to something else because nobody's actually committed to anything. So, you know, the game has changed. Uh, you know, thankful for it. I'm sure social media has a ton to do with it. You know, but also it's a different generation of kids, you know, and People got rights. People got needs and wants. And again, I'm a thousand percent for people, you know, um, 
getting getting what what's due of theirs. You know what I mean by it. Um, also, just don't want to you know lose the the love of the game. You know, over dollar bills. It's just you and me getting old, man. That's all it is. We're just getting old. That's what it is. I sound like I'm old. <laughs> We're just old. We're old now. He's Emmanuel oh, McCray, Ole Miss offensive lineman, now offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Cahoma Community College. I've been wanting to catch up with you, man. I'm so glad we were able to do it. We'll do it again. No doubt, man. Appreciate you, Ben. I enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for bringing up a lot, of, a lot of good memories, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.